Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. All right, everybody, this is going to be amazing. I'm excited because this is somebody, I think we may have been separated at birth based on <laughs> based on our interests. Anyway, our passion for the industry. And he is known as the exhibition guy. His name is Stephen Murta. He says exhibitions and exhibiting are his passion and maybe more than that. They are part of his DNA. And being a small part of the organizers, exhibitors, or contractors' success is what drives him every day. I am proud to have him here today to share his passion, help all of you become a little more successful. Stephen, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hi to all of our event professionals out there. Yeah, listen, thank you. For, first of all, thank you very much for having me all the way from Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, listen, really <laughs> passionate. I'm really excited to be here. I love to talk about exhibitions. I'm Irish, so I tend to talk a lot, but I definitely talk a lot about something I love, which is exhibitions. I'm really passionate about it. So it's a pleasure to be here. Well, this is transatlantic good because, wise. Yes, yes. And and thank goodness for technology and that allows us to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just amazing. And I have never been to Ireland. It's on it's definitely on my bucket list. My wife, she's she's half Irish, so she definitely wants to go. So we definitely have to make her. You gotta way. come here. You've got to bring a lot of money with you. Unfortunately, we're not a cheap country, but listen, oh. you should definitely come on your on your way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be great. And today we are going to be talking about the seven steps to exhibition success. Let me start off with this. What is it that maybe some exhibitors are doing that they need to make some changes? Yeah, it's a really good question, Jim, because I suppose why I developed the seven steps to exhibition success is I, I worked trade shows as in selling and managing trade shows with teams of people for about 25 years. And what used to really frustrate me as a sales guy or salesperson or sales manager in the industry was putting all this work and really helping exhibitors or getting exhibitors on board. And then they would arrive at the event and they would do nothing. There was no marketing done beforehand. There was no planning, some kind of woolly idea why they were there. And, and, and very often, one of the reasons, I suppose, is the standard boot, boot as it's called in the US, was booked by a senior man, management person. And the person who is on the booth itself is not necessarily the same person. So it kind of gets lost in translation. But a lot of these people used to just arrive at trade shows and assume that everyone's going to come to my booth, it's all going to work, and I'll make a lot of money. Yeah. And, and it used to frustrate me because we used to lose exhibitors each year because the exhibitors say, oh, the show didn't go, go well. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I did everything I could or we did everything we could. But you did nothing, yet you expected it to work. And it used to really frustrate me. So I qualified as a trainer to work with companies to try and make that investment that they make in trade shows much more valuable. And then I developed a program called the Seven Steps to Exhibition Success. Just in connection with what you're saying, looking at the things that people weren't were doing, I don't want to say wrong, but incorrectly or weren't doing, 
So they weren't making any plans. They were just arriving, hoping it would happen. There was no marketing before the event to say that we'd be there targeting buyers before the event. The stand or the booth design would be just thrown together and they just would make a complete mess of it. And not understanding that was a real frustration for me because I understood it. <laughs> so I just, I, and, but like, I hate to see people waste their money because I know how powerful trade shows are if you do it properly. So I developed a program called Seven Steps to Exhibition Success, which essentially is to say to people, or, and I stand in front of a lot of exhibitors and talk about the program and say, listen, here are seven things that you need to do to be successful at trade shows. And they go, oh God, seven's a lot of things. And I say, no, what we do is we break it down. There's three things you need to do before the show, three things you need to do during the show, and one thing you need to do after the show. And if you follow that template, you will be more successful. I can't guarantee it, but the likelihood is you're going to be much more successful. And if you're more successful, you'll want to rebook the show and everybody wins. So I suppose from my point of view, it's looking at those individual things, which we can talk about individually, but if you break it down into what you do before, what you do during and what you do after, it makes it much more easy to digest, first of all, but it also makes it much more easy to implement across the team. And when everyone has that buy-in, they're more likely to, to knit together as a team and be more successful for everybody. And, and that's why I developed it. It was just pure frustration uh, <laughs> seeing people get it wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm with you a thousand percent. And it sounds so, so incredible and simple, like you said. Yeah. And people just need to be able to understand. And I, I, cause I know working shows like you, working shows for the past few decades, you'd get wrapped up in one aspect of it. We'd be redesigning our booth and yeah. we'd be all wrapped up in the, the new design, the new graphics, what's going to say on here. And then we forget all about the pre-show marketing or we forget about all these other things. But when we get there, we've got a great looking booth, but nobody, yeah. but nothing else. <laughs> so yeah. can you, can you start taking us into some of these yeah, seven of steps? So. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's look at beforehand. So very often companies will book a booth three, four, six, eight months out from the show. And that's great, by the way. But what, where we have to start is we've got to have a plan for exhibiting. Because if I say to somebody, well, what's your plan for exhibiting? They say, well, we want to sell lots of products. <laughs> that, that sounds great. But in reality, it doesn't mean anything. Because what's lots? Lots could be three, lots could be 25. So the first thing we need to do is we need to put down a written plan. So what I say is step number one is, is have a one to two page written plan for exhibiting. Not a big 25 page plan, a one to two page plan which should cover sales, marketing, and operations. Within the sales piece, we need to think about what are we going to sell, what the price points are, what are the rep targets, how many demonstrations per day, how many meaningful conversations, and all those metric numbers, which are important because they give clarity to each person on the booth what they have to do. So the sales piece is really important. The second part of the one-page, one-to-two-page plan is we look at marketing. We look at the, We live in a digital world. We live in an online world. We live in the world of social media. And that's brilliant. But it's not the only way to market ourselves. So what I talk to our clients about is in the second, second part of the one to two page plan is the 70-30 split. So 70% of your marketing should be online, which is great. And we do lots of that through social media and email marketing. But there's also an offline piece. And the 30% is reaching out to your top 10 customers before the event saying, listen, we're launching a really cool new product. Will you come down? inviting people the personal touch making phone calls postal invitations i know that sounds very antiquated but that's the reason why it works 
because everyone else is not doing it. That's so right. the marketing piece is really important. And the second, the, the third part of the plan, the written plan, is probably to some extent maybe the most important one. It's the object, like who's bringing what, who's doing what, who, what are the roles and responsibilities, who's building the booth, have we booked hotels, accommodation, transport, where's the venue, where's the uh, exhibitor passes? Because they're the things that can really throw you a spanner, if I could call it that, during the buildup of the event when you don't have those. But when you have a one to two page plan, you go, that's our plan. That's what we're going to do. And here's who's doing what. Then everyone's clear on, clear on what they have to do. So step number one is to have a one to two page written plan. The second step, which is, which is in the pre-show phase, is setting your three objectives. Really important. Most companies will go and say, oh, I want to sell 25 products or whatever that might be. And that's great. But if we focus solely on ROI, we're just going to be hanging our hat on hopefully getting a sales number, which you and I know at trade shows doesn't come for six, 12 and 18 months. Right. So what I'm saying is the key number of objectives in step two that we set for exhibiting is three. When we set three objectives, we are very clear on the three things that we want to achieve. And there's nine key reasons why companies exhibit. But when you look at it, one of the most overlooked object objectives where companies can achieve but don't look at is how many existing customers do I want to have conversations with? Because that's increasing the perception of your business, but also the likelihood that they'll buy in a shorter space of time. So it's really important that we set three clear objectives, not one, not 25. We set three clear objectives. When we do that and we marry that with our, our one to two page written plan, we really are setting ourselves up for knowing exactly what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And the third part, sorry, the third step in the pre-show phase is the pre-show mark. As I always say to exhibitors, it's the organizer's responsibility to bring people to the front door of the event, but it's your responsibility as an exhibitor to bring them to your stands or your booth. Mm -hmm. So we need to think about how do we target the right buyers? Because it's, it's funny, I always say to people, or, or they say to me, oh, well, there's, there's 20,000 people going to this event. That makes, it means nothing. What means right. something is, who's going to walk onto my booth at the event? Because one person can make or break your event. Absolutely. So it's not about having 20,000 conversations because you can't do that. It's about having the right conversations. And you do that really through pre-show marketing. The 70-30 split is really useful in terms of how we allocate our time. Because if you think about it, a national show, the key time to market yourself for a national show is four to six weeks from the event itself. Yet loads of companies will spend money in three or four months beforehand. I'm not saying it's wasted, but the real value is actually in the two to four weeks before the event. that we really market ourselves through social media, through email marketing, through phone calls. Because that's when people decide whether they're going to go or not. Mm -hmm. But by and large, they're not all the case. So it's really important that we get the timeline right. And again, that's not complicated because that takes stress off us. Say, okay, we're not going to mark ourselves until six weeks before the show so we can concentrate on the other things first. But when you get those three pieces right, Jim, that, that's really setting yourself up to go to the booth or the venue and go, I'm ready for action, if you want to call it that. <laughs> So that's yeah. the before, but that's my three tips for beforehand. And I'll just recap them. So set, right, just have a one to two page plan covering sales, marketing operations. Number two is set three clear objectives, not one or 12 or 16, three clear objectives. And number, number three, step number three is the 70-30 split, making sure you're marketing yourself before the event and don't assume that the organizer will do it. Yeah. 
Aren't you glad you tuned in today? <laughs> because oh, he's just given straight fire here with these steps. And the, the, the one thing I love about what you said about the written plan, obviously, it's it's having all that together that 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 North Star that you can keep going back to. Are we are we on the right path? Are we doing things the right way? Or, or did we get go down a rabbit hole because someone heard about yeah. something, something new is to keep you on track. But also, who does what? Who does what in the booth? How many times have I, I seen a, a booth full of people or I've been working with a company where they have five people work in the booth and they all just think they show up and everyone does the exact same thing and half the stuff that should be done never gets done because yeah. every, people think, oh, I just, I'm, I'm showing up and I'm talking to people and that's it. I'm maybe giving a demo. So yeah. who does what? Just outstanding. Those three objectives. It's just really simple. I mean, what yeah. I, one thing I'd say, Jim, all along is that the whole point of the seven steps to exhibition success is to try and make it simple. Because I always say to people, it's not how many things you do. It's about doing the right things right, not lots of things. It's about, and for me, you know, to break it down into chunks, if you want to call it that, it just makes it easier for us humans. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting older and I can't, I can't take 50 <laughs> things coming at me one time. But it is about those simple things. So, and those three tips are really simple because it's not a written plan, setting your objectives and marketing. We know we need to do those things. Because when we get there, and we'll move into the second stage of the seven steps, is what we do when we get there itself. Because it's all very well having three things done first, but it doesn't mean it ends there. Because one, one statistic that I would say to you is, is um, for exhibitions, people will decide within four seconds if they're going to stop on a booth when they're walking down the aisle mm -hmm. of an exhibition. And, and that, that's four seconds. Some people think that's a lot of time. Some people think it's not a lot of time. But why I'm saying that is the second stage is what do we do during the event to ensure that we're successful? Mm -hmm. And the three areas I'm going to cover here is, is booth design, engaging with, with visitors and selling an exhibition. So the three key areas. So if I could take them individually. When we take the first one, we take, we take booth design. There's a couple of key numbers that are really, really important. As I mentioned, four seconds to make an impression. Now, before COVID, there was a statistic in our industry that said you should have 60% of your floor space should be free for visitor access. So for people feeling comfortable walking on, walking up, they're comfortable to walk on. Because if, it, if they're not comfortable and there's lots of product, lots of furniture and lots of things, they're going to be put off walk, walking onto your booth, which is the opposite of what we want. Now, now we live in a post-COVID world. That 60% is probably more than 60%. <laughs> yeah. But let's use 60 as an example. So 60%. So it's about minimizing what you have. I don't mean minimizing everything on your booth because you obviously have to have lots of certain things on your booth. But it is about minimizing the clutter, having lots of furniture, having lots of counters, having lots of barriers to people walking on. Because there's three really important things about exhibitions from a, from a visitor point of view. First of all is, well, they're not in any particular order, but your people, your people need to be really engaging to catch that attention of that person for the four seconds. Your boots needs to be comfortable that they can walk on again for the four seconds. But your, your products need to be showcased the right way. So what is your hero product? What am I really want people to see? Because that's where you should be focusing. And when we talk about the hero products, I often talk to people about it or they ask me, you know, what should I put in the walls? And what graphics should I use? Well, a couple of tips on that would be, first thing is, your graphics should be readable and visible 15 to 20 feet away. 
because yeah. that's what's going to catch the eye along with strong color. So if you sell pink widgets, you tell people I sell pink widgets. You don't try and have a really smart message that people go, I wonder what they do. Right. right. Because that's not what it's about. You don't walk into a shoe shop and go, I wonder if they sell tennis rackets. You walk into a shoe shop because you want shoes. Yeah. And when it comes to exhibitions, particularly trade shows, we need to focus on what we sell. And the other thing I'd say about that is, as we all know, in most cases, the stands or the boots, should I say, stands are a European term, tend to be about 2.5 meters in height. But yet we cover the graphic with lots of information, phone numbers, email addresses, website. The top one third of your graphic is what people can see. So that's where we should really be focusing our key message. And that should be readable from 15 to 20 feet away. So stand design is really important. Keeping it comfortable, making it functional. And as I always say to people, think about what your visitor sees your stand looking like, not what you see it looking like. Because you don't matter. They matter because they're the people who are going to stop and spend money. That's the plan. Anyway. So I think from a practicality point of view, it's very important that we think about what's functional for this particular event. If it's a consumer event, as an example, where you have a lot more people, maybe than a trade show, you definitely need to minimize it because if you want people on your booth, they need to, you need to have space. So think about that in, in terms of stand design. And a lot of people kind of go, oh, it's the loveliest stand. That's great. But if it's not practical for your visitor, it's going to be a waste of time. So stand design is tip number four. And to recap on stand design, keep 60% of your floor space free for visitor access and your graphics readable 15, 20 feet away. That's really, really important. Then, and, and not to cut you off here, but that no, no. is something that I think is is one of the one of the most important things that that people can do and, and businesses can do is to make those make that message that graphic very easy to read i've talked to so many people they're like well but i want to have that information on there in case we're all busy and someone can then read i'm like they're not going to read <laughs> they're not going to read it they're not going to they're read. just not going to i don't care if yeah. you're busy or, or not or if it, you know they're not going to read that so make sure you do something that's going to grab their attention so yeah so. you're so right in what you're saying i mean we, we even could take a step back and i'm seeing this quite a lot of exhibitions now is if you're in, in that situation people are going back to the use of qr codes Mm -hmm. because maybe there's an innate curiosity that we have as human beings to click with your phone, what the key would, I wonder where that'll bring me. I mean, I would suggest if that's what you want to do, fine. But I, like this, I've seen people who will put every single phone number, every single email address, websites, pictures, text. Nobody reads that stuff. Right. So right. it's really important the graphics are, are readable and visible because that's what people, that's what's going to encourage them to stop. But you're so right in what you're saying. It's just... And I know, I, I, re, I feel for people because I know they go, okay, I spent loads of money on the boots, therefore every piece of inch of real estate I have to use. <laughs> Sometimes less is more. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's, let's move on to uh, step that's five. That's step number five. Sorry, that's step number four. Step number five, really interesting one. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited by this one. I always ask people about engaging in exhibitions, about how do we engage with people? And I always start my presentation or this part of the presentation. I always say, what's the worst question an exhibitor can ask a visitor to a trade show? And everyone's kind of looking around and they don't know what to say. And, so, and, and I say, it's the question that most people ask. It's a question you think you should ask. I'm going to give it to you in a second. It's a question you think you should ask. It's a question that's really polite to ask. And it's a question that 90% of exhibitors ask. And the question is, can I help you? Now, where that goes is, you and I both know, and everyone, all your listeners know, 
that if you're in a trade show and somebody says, can I help you? What is 99% of the time the answer will be, no, I'm just looking. Thanks very much. Now, the salesperson is in a corner because they know where to go because the conversation is over because the person has said no. Yeah. Now, what I always say to people is, if you put the word how, three letters, H-O-W, in front of that sentence, it completely changes the conversation. Wow. You're now into an engaging conversation because the person has to speak, which is what we want them to do. We want them to talk so we can find out what they want. We want them to talk so we can give them solutions. But invariably, people say, can I help you? And it's, it's a really dangerous question. But why I'm bringing that up, it's, it's so important because if we launch into how brilliant we are or how amazing our product is, switch off. Our visitors switch off because it's not about us. It's about them. Yeah. So when we ask a really good question, it doesn't have to be that one I'm just giving you, but when we ask a good question, we're engaging with them. And what's really valuable about this is sometimes we have to understand that exhibitions are reactive. And what I mean by that is, when you go out a sales call from your office in Denver, in France, in Portugal, wherever you might be, you know something about your customer. You probably have some idea about their budget. You know a little bit about the history of the company. Maybe you know who they're using or, or what suppliers are using. When you're in an exhibition, you have no idea who's going to walk onto your stand. You've never met them before. Right. You, need to, you need to be reactive because if you think about it, 30% of visitors to trade shows across the world are what they call tire kickers. There are people who are never going to buy off. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a reflection on the show. It's a reflection on reality, maybe. Yeah. But why I'm saying that is we need to understand that if you have a guy in front of you who just wants to talk and has no interest in buying your products, you only have a finite amount of hours at a trade show and there's a guy behind him who actually is really interested in talking. So we need to be able to manage that audience. And we do that through asking good questions. Be open questions like, how can I help you? or a closed statement, thanks very much for stopping by our booth. Then the person disappears, he goes off somewhere else. And then you're talking to a So it's really important we understand the different types of buyers of trade shows, so, because selling at exhibitions is the next step. And I suppose what I would say to you is, people come to exhibitions to buy, not to be sold. We have to understand that the relationship in step six is selling at exhibitions is different. It's probably a longer term to an extent, but you build a stronger relationship face-to-face. You, build, you get a higher order value face-to-face. You get a quicker conversion rate face-to-face, but you don't do that in, st- in, in straight away at a trade show because you need to find out what they want. So selling is different at exhibitions, a little bit longer lead time, but you tend to get a bigger order as a result of that. So it's really important that we don't just use exhibitions as a sales tool yes it's part of it of course but it's part of the process it's not the, the lock stock or barrel finish of the process and that's what we need to understand selling at exhibitions is different but, and i get why salespeople are really passionate about their products but just take a step back and realize people come to exhibitions to buy not to be sold that's Absolutely. step number six that is that if, if people take away, <laughs> obviously I want them to take away all seven steps, but if you take away that, your expectation of what's going to happen at, at the show, you're going to, if you have realistic expectations, where in that sales funnel is that conversation going to end? Is it going to end by, 
I've, I've got their contact information. Maybe I qualified them. Maybe they're near the top of that funnel, or maybe you, yeah. you were able to get down a little bit further and we have scheduled an appointment. We've done a demo or we're going to do a demo. We, where is it so that you have realistic expectations? You really thought it through ahead of time. So yeah. having that selling part of it is so, so critical. Love that you've done that. And, and there, well, there's so much to unpack there. And obviously for every yeah. company and every industry, it's a little bit different. No, of course it is. And I mean, it, it's, you know, again, if you're at a consumer type show, like a, a homes show where you're selling things off the booth and you're, you're selling lovely lamps and you're selling them on the day, that's great. But the, when we talk about trade shows, I'm talking more specifically about the more business to business end where you don't get the order on the day. Mm-hmm. You start to build that relationship because it's interesting because that, it brings me nicely to step seven, which is the most important, well, I say it's the most important one, but is what we do after the event itself. Because traditionally what happens is, let's say we've been two or three days building up the booth, we've been two or three days at the event, maybe a day's traveling, we might be out of the office for the best part of a week, or maybe a bit more in some cases. And what tends to happen is 81% of leads from trade shows are never followed up. Wow. That's that's not coming from me, by the way, that's coming from the exhibition industry research. Now, why I'm bringing that up is, I understand what happens. People come back to their office after the seven days or whatever amount of time is they're tired, maybe it's a weekend in the middle, they play catch up with what happened when they were away. And they say to themselves, I'll chase up the leads tomorrow. And then tomorrow something else happens in the office and they go, oh, I'll chase them up tomorrow. And the tomorrow keeps getting pushed out. And literally, as the movie says, not to be cliched about it, but tomorrow never comes because they, they keep pushing the leads out. Now, where the challenge is there is if you take the 81% of people who don't chase up those leads, Maybe in six weeks' time, they open the drawer, find the leads, and go, oh, I better chase those leads up. Did I never follow them up? And then when they follow Jim up, Jim doesn't know who they are, Jim has gone with a different supplier, or Jim, or Jim thinks that, oh, they've forgotten me, so they're not interested in my business. And then they go, well, that show was rubbish. And I'm going to give you an example. I, I had a client who was a kitchen supplier at a, for an exhibition, and his kitchens range from about 50,000 euro up. So size will product mm-hmm. and he was doing a show and i said to him how many leads did you get from the show sorry first of all i said to him how was the show he said, ah, it wasn't great that's okay well how many leads did you get from the show and he said 126 that's a great okay so what's your conversion rate normally so about 20 percent so okay and how many of the leads did you chase up so i've just been too busy and i was thinking how can you blame the organizer of the event if he's giving you these leads or getting you these leads, but you don't chase them up? That's not his fault. That's actually your fault. You say you're probably right. It's like, why would you buy something and not benefit from using it? Right. And he's, ah, oh, I was too busy. I said, you know, it's really frustrating, but it's not that I want to be critical of him because I want him to do well, but I want him to be realistic on what he needs to do himself. So coming back to my point about the follow-up, what's really important, the tip for tip number seven or step number seven is, we need to have a plan for following up our leads before we exhibit. Not when we come back to the office and panic and go, oh, what are we gonna do now? So when you make that plan beforehand, it could be I'm gonna follow up by email, it could be follow up by phone call or whatever it might be. But you need to chase up every lead in six days. Now. That's not to say that somebody is going to buy off you in six days, but you need to maintain that contact within six days. If you can't follow up within six days because you're a small company or you have too many leads, 
somebody needs to email them within 48 hours to say, I'm going to follow up with you next week. I'm going to call up or whatever way you want to describe it. But the exhibitor has to follow up the leads because the visitor expects them to follow up. Right. And if you don't, you're just wasting your time, their time, and everybody's time. But if you do follow those leads up in six days, you see the benefit of it much, much quicker because the conversions happen much quicker. And then the exhibition has been hugely successful. So my suggestion and what I always say to people is have what we call a back at office show day, which is when you come back to your office, you close the door, lock the door, whatever way you want to do it and go, I'm not leaving until all this exhibition stuff is finished. Then I can follow up on everything else. But also takes the pressure off you because when you're, when you're classifying your leads for a trade show, even if you're using something as simplistic as ABCD, one, two, three, four, or some CRM system, not every lead has the same value. In the same way, not every lead in the right. pipeline has the same value. Right. So it's important that we classify those leads. So when we do follow them up, we know who's the most important, who needs to be followed up first. So the follow-up is really, really important. So that's the seventh step, which is where I come in and go, I hope the exhibition has been successful, but not too successful. You don't need me to help you anymore. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And like you said, this seventh actually is the most important step because without it, nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I want to just go, and I was doing some mental math as you were talking about, about your, your client that was in the, in the kitchen space that went to this 126 leads and they normally convert about 20%. So that is about 25 ish, 25 leads that can turn into customers at an average of 50,000 euros. That's what a million, a yeah. million plus that this you could possibly be losing. But it's stopping. like you said earlier on. This is what we're leaving on the table, yeah. because you may as well. I'm not trying to be smart, but he may as well have just got his money and pushed it off a cliff. Yeah, because it's like I say to people, it's like going to the nicest polo Ralph Lauren shop and buying the most beautiful pair of jeans or trousers or shirt or jacket or whatever you buy and never wearing it. You get no benefit from something you've paid for. And in the same way with exhibition leads, it's your responsibility to chase them up. And it's, it's gold waiting for you. But you have to go and say, OK, here's the next step. And it's just it's really frustrating to see companies do that. And I think it's the biggest mistake they make is they just assume, oh, I've done a show. Therefore, people should come to me. But it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. This has been awesome. Well, it's a whistle-stop tour, Jim. I know I've given you a lot, a lot of information in 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, it's it's it was a lot. But you gave everybody a great overview, places where they need to start. If they are like going, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, but I need, I need some help with all this. Yeah. How do they get in touch with you? How do they find out more about really getting in depth with this uh, seven-step program? Yeah, you're, you're very good. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I train, I train a lot, quite a lot in the U.S., both face-to-face -face and Zoom. But get in touch with me on uh, my website at theexhibitionguide.com or please do link with me on LinkedIn. It's, it's, it's very like a home from home for me where I share a lot of content about exhibitions if you're interested. But theexhibitionguide.com or you'll get me at the exhibition guy on LinkedIn. But like I say, I do a lot of work in the US. I'm looking to do more. And I know us Irish and Americans have a lot in common. So I'm looking to bring bring the exhibition guy more to the US if possible. Outstanding. And wow, this has just been this has been great. I will definitely make sure I drop all of your information into the show notes. So if anyone's interested, click on that show notes button. Go and contact Stephen and get in touch with him. Find out how you could do this better, how you can do yeah. exhibits better. 
this has just been awesome. I've loved it. I've had a Likewise. blast. And I know people are probably rewinding, listening to this again. <laughs> and please share this out. Share this with someone else who is on your team or is at another company that you know they have just been kind of struggling with. Eh, I don't know if we should go to that show again. Give it yeah. another shot. Do yeah, it the definitely. right way. Because as Steven said, these shows can be absolute gold if they're done right. And he just gave you the formula. Yeah. yeah. Three steps during the show and then that follow-up after the show. No, I knew this is going to be fun when we started. <laughs> I'm very passionate about we're both passionate about our topics. Absolutely. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing so much great information. Everyone get in touch with him. The exhibit the yeah, the exhibition guy. <laughs> You wouldn't be the first person to have a problem with that. (laughs) (laughs) It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time, Jim. And everyone, continue to learn, get better, and get better results. You just got the formula, so you have no excuses anymore. And, And continue to come back here each week to Trade Show University. We will see you next time.